Nissan, Australia, at it once again, doing all it can, this time, seemingly, to trash the reputation of EVs. So well done there. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers herein. You can inquire at the website about that, of course. Today's report is about a nice, ageing and somewhat eccentric and seemingly avuncular dude named Michael Albert Dreyer, who bought a 2012 first-generation Nissan shitbox Leaf, which, according to Mr Dreyer, never got more than 120 k's of range on a full charge, despite the brochure promising 170 of frigging course. But that's okay because he loved it, and that's the main thing. Today, though, seven and a half years down the track, Mr Dreyer says that he can't drive more than 20 kilometres from home on the company's recommended 80% charge. So let's just break that down. 80% is the recommendation for maximum battery endurance over time. And 20 kilometres from home presumably means 20 there and 20 back for a round trip of not more than 40. And I say, Jesus, that wouldn't even get me to the nearest friggin' gentleman's club without having to recharge en route, so to speak. He's disappointed, of course, in the company's arrogance. Who knew? But he still kind of loves the car, perversely. And EV dudes can be kind of like that because owning an EV is partly, at least for many people, a religion, at least of sorts. Where I hope you will be slightly interested is that I have it in writing from Nissan themselves that they consider it normal that these cars should be roadside furniture after paying $56,000 for them seven and a half years ago. I have a hard copy of a report done by them on the traction battery that includes the fact that I could not have cared for the battery more than I did. They also admit in writing that they feel protected and authorised to behave this way by Australian consumer law and the ACCC. Okay, so the backstory here is that the first generation LEAF has a major design defect in that there is no active cooling system to protect the battery. So charging it and discharging it effectively just kills it over time by not allowing heat to dissipate appropriately, which is something Nissan quaintly views as an operational friggin' characteristic of the car. So therefore, not a defect. How convenient. Nissan Schittsville seems to agree that Mr. Dyer's Leaf's battery is rooted, however, because they have offered him a replacement lithium-ion battery further subsidised to the amount of $5,000. Nissan notes that the cost of a replacement battery has already by subsidised from $33,000 to $10,000 under the battery swap program. That's a somewhat poorly proofread direct quote from the Nissan Schittsville so-called customer experience 
department. Love those names. I am compelled to point out that the cost of lithium-ion batteries has dropped by something like 85% over the past decade. So 33 grand for a battery is the kind of pricing structure that Jeep itself would be proud of. Apparently, they are being so damn magnanimous here because you have been a strong advocate in the EV space and we are particularly appreciative of your investment in the Nissan brand. As such, we would really like to come to an arrangement to keep you in the brand. Please bear in mind, however, that the factors listed above has informed the amount of support the business will be comfortable to extend to you. It is a fine balancing act, and I am grateful for your understanding in this respect. Absolutely. Walking down that friggin' tightrope every time, that balancing act. It's still a $5,000 repair on a car that's been a depreciation disaster by any yardstick and would be lucky to be tradable for about 10 grand today, despite costing nearly 60 grand in 2012. And seemingly, the hits just keep on coming. Now, according to the ACCC, legislation guarantees that products must do all the things someone would normally expect them to do and match descriptions made by the salesperson on packaging and labels and in promotions or advertising. In the official shitbox leaf brochure from 2012, Nissan says of the battery, to ensure reliability, the Nissan Leaf's large capacity lithium ion battery uses manganese positive electrode material, a plentiful resource that has a stable crystal structure. The battery cells are laminated to simplify the structure and optimize cooling capacity. Therefore, if I am a reasonable consumer looking to spend 56 grand, I'm taking away from this. Big battery, stable structure, optimized cooling. Pretty much all bullshit through the prism of retrospectivity. And of course, once you're a customer, Nissan says the lithium-ion battery, like all lithium-ion batteries, will experience gradual capacity loss with time and use and we dispute that the lithium-ion battery has failed prematurely in this case. Gradual loss of capacity is a normal battery characteristic as experienced with cell phones and laptops. Except, of course, that this is not a cell phone or a frigging laptop. It's a $56,000 car. And car buyers are not expected reasonably to understand battery chemistry, charging dynamics, and cooling system design efficiencies any more than they are expected to understand hydrocarbon combustion chemistry if they buy a conventional internal combustion car. Nissan then goes on to cite the owner's manual and what it says about battery capacity, a document that is not available to car owners until after purchasing the car. And isn't it interesting that the Leaf brochure, which is designed to entice the would-be car buyer, does not mention battery capacity reduction over time in any location, at least that I could find. Like, if I bought a $56,000 car, regardless of its motive power system, 
I'd probably want it to take me more than 20 kilometres from home reliably seven and a half years down the track. Just saying. That's not a gradual reduction in the battery capacity. It's kind of Chernobyl down there. Especially as the battery had been well cared for and charged as per the manufacturer's recommendations, which Nissan does not in fact dispute. If this is a normal operational characteristic of the car, it completely erodes the Leaf's claims to sustainability. If a Leaf is essentially a throwaway car after just seven years, what a preposterous waste of resources. Ditto if you need to feed it a new battery in that time frame. Should have bought a Prius. Bit greener, that's for sure. You'd still have to buy gasoline, of course, but it would be more reliable. And if that is the case, okay, then it makes the Leaf brand an absurdly cynical exercise in environmental hypocrisy, at least in my view. From new to landfill in just seven and a half years because economics and, of course, fundamental design deficiency, which, as an engineer, I find extremely difficult to defend. Because you can't have it both ways. Nissan, it cannot be green and have that kind of normal operational characteristic. It simply cannot. In light of the above, Nissan's position is that gradual capacity loss is normal in lithium-ion batteries and heavily influenced by a multitude of factors including external environment, temperature, usage, charging habits, driving habits, etc. As such, there has not been a breach of the consumer guarantees under the Australian consumer law. I'm no lawyer, okay, but I would say, unfortunately for Nissan Schittsville, battery physics is not the basis for consumer law claims, okay, and the consumer guarantees are not determined on the basis of battery physics. Reasonable durability, which is guaranteed, is based upon what a court determines. And the standard there, at least my interpretation of it, is the durability expectations of a reasonable consumer in the circumstances. So, should a reasonable consumer expect a car costing $56,000 to take them more than 20 kilometres from home reliably at seven years of age. That's the key question, and I'd suggest that's an easy argument to win. We could just go out there on the street and vox pop a few reasonable consumers. Especially as the brochure never warned anyone about likely range reductions over time. Oops-a-daisy. Nissan, of course, settled a class-action lawsuit comprising almost 19,000 shitbox leaf-owning plaintiffs in the USA, despite maintaining that the suit had no merit. Go figure. The elephant in the room here is, of course, that consumer law compliance is the absolute minimum conduct which a consumer like you should expect from a car maker. They should do better than just comply because you can shop elsewhere next time, right? There's heaps of choice in the Australian car market. 
Car makers like Nissan apparently have yet to cross the bridge of discovery where they might see on the other friggin' side that trying really, really hard to retain you as a customer by delivering beyond expectations makes sound long-term economic sense for them. They're still stuck at, what can we get away with in this instance, sadly? Screw you over and hope to land someone else next time. That seems to be the way they're going, and it just seems like such short-term thinking to me. This is about commitment too, right? If you spend 56000 bucks on a high-tech toy like the 2012 Nissan Leaf, at that time, you are making a hell of a statement about commitment, putting your money where your mouth is, like literally. Commitment to the new tech, commitment to sustainability, commitment to the future, commitment to energy security for the nation and cleaner air in our cities, whatever. It's 56,000 bucks worth of rock solid commitment by you. At that point, this is not a game. It is a lot of money on the deck from you, the purchaser. And I ask you, you know, would it not therefore be impossibly excellent for you if the car maker matched your commitment by committing to you in tangible ways for the long haul, by doing more than you expect, by making amends for design deficiencies, perhaps by not negotiating over a major problem such as this in the manner of some dirty plea bargain? Just by not being assholes about it might be a big step up in many cases across the industry, sadly enough. On page two of the 2012 Shipbox Leaf brochure, Nissan assures you, quote, we share that passion of, quote, driving towards a zero emissions future. Unfortunately, like so many seductive promises made in the modern societal cesspool, this one has lasted roughly as long as it took Nissan to cash Mr. Dreyer's check. 